Awesome. Isn't God awesome? It's good to be here this morning. My name is Pastor Matt. It's a good day. Amen. God is leading us as a church into amazing, fun things, and I hope that you are buckled up for the ride, because it's an exciting ride that God has for us. This morning, I just want to welcome you guys in and let you know that the Spirit is on the move, that He's after our own hearts, and that He's after our lives, and to transform them into something amazing. So let's get started with today's message. I'm going to start with a story about a, a beautiful young lady named Cornelia Tinboom. I believe her picture will be here in a second. Uh, Cornelia was born in Harlem, Netherlands in 1892 and grew up in a devoutly religious family. Doesn't she look like she'd be able to bake one heck of an apple pie? <laughs> I bet she could have. During World War II, uh, she and her family uh, helped hundreds of Jews uh, and protect them from arrest from the Nazi uh, authorities. Betrayed by a fellow Dutch citizen, uh, her entire family, the entire Boom family was put into imprisonment. Uh, Corey survived and started a worldwide ministry and later told her story in a book entitled The Hiding Place. I recommend The Hiding Place if you're looking for something to read. It is a great book. When Corey was only about six years old, she first began to understand the reality of suffering and of death and of her own mortality. At this young age of six, she had been to the home of a neighbor who had lost a child to illness. For the first time, it occurred to her that the members of her own family would someday die. Her brothers, her sisters, her parents could all die. She was so distressed by this thought that she stopped eating and sleeping, drinking. At the sight of her father even coming home from work, she would burst into tears. I need you, Corey sobbed to her father, You can't die. You can't. Her father sat down beside her and said gently, Oh, Corey, when you and I go to Amsterdam, when do I give you money for the train ticket? She looked up at her father and said, Well, why just before we get onto the train, Papa? Exactly, said her father. And our wise father in heaven knows exactly when we're going to need things too. Don't run out ahead of him, Corey. When the time comes that some of us will have to die, you will look into your heart and find the strength that you need just in time, her father told her. That strength did come to Corey decades later when she was arrested for hiding Jews in her home during the Nazi occupation of Holland. Just in time, God gave Corey the strength that would sustain her through the horrors of concentration camp living and the death, the murders of her father and her sister. He then empowered her as an elderly person to travel all around the world preaching the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to millions of people. Let us pray. Father God, I say thank you for this day. I say thank you for this room in which we are able to gather to talk about you, your value, your worth. Lord, we recognize that words cannot comprehend and cannot do you justice of how good and how worthy you are. But God, we ask in our hearts this morning that you would move inside of us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. We know that you're present. We say thank you for who you are. Spirit, we say come. Invade our hearts. Invade our lives. 
Allow us to see You in a new way, O God. Allow us to worship You. Allow us to be able to see things that we never have before. Illuminate our hearts that we might be able to be those who are bold enough to invite others to Your table, to this church, to You. Holy Spirit, we ask that You would come. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let us dive into our scripture reading. Uh, we're going to be reading out of 2 Peter 1. Uh, for those of you who have your phone, feel free to, to look on that. If you have a paper Bible, that is just as great. Uh, the words also will be on the screen. But we're going to read 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 4. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. Let us read God's word together. This is the words of Peter. He says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Let God add to the reading of His Word. Let it move us to action. Welcome to week three of our series, Won't You Be My Neighbor? We have been looking at the power a simple invitation makes. There is power in inviting someone. In week one, Pastor Brad shared us the power of inviting our neighbor to our tables. See, in the place of intimacy that is breaking bread with one another, that is sharing a meal with one another, there are conversations that take place that might not happen away from those places of intimacy. See, in the power of sharing a meal, we can share our stories, we can listen to other stories, and hopefully share the great story that God has placed upon our lives and His goodness and grace. Last week, we were shown the power of inviting our neighbor to this place, to church. Amen? What a great place to invite someone to. Look around, you guys. Just take a second. Just look around. Look at the faces that are here. There's new ones, there's old ones, there's beautiful ones, there's, there's other faces, <laughs> right? Right? This is a great place to be. This is a place that sets us off for our week to see what God has for us, transforms us. This is a place of transformation. I know that God has used this room in particular to transform my life in ways because His Spirit is here. The hope and the invitation of inviting someone to church would be that they would have a personal and authentic encounter with God themselves and that they would see and they would taste of his goodness. And you were even given invitation cards last week and I think we still have some lying around. If you see one of our serve team, feel free to ask them for one of those. We'd be more than happy. That's a little tool that you can have to easily hand to someone and say, you know what? I serve a great God, and we have a, a great little place that we, we serve him at called Timberlake. I'd love for you to come and join us. This week, uh, I hope that we'll be able to see the importance of a different type of invitation, though. See, this week, we're going to look at what it looks like to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and take a look at how that invitation empowers us to reach our neighbor with the gospel of Jesus. So there's three things that we first need to understand before we go deep this morning. Uh, these are found in our scripture reading, as we just read. One is that we have everything we need to accomplish the life God has for us. 
through, is that through God's power, we are equipped for all things. And three, God has called each of us to a radical life. So we have everything we need. It's through God's power that we are equipped. And each of us are called to a radical life with him. Now, you might say to yourself, okay, Pastor Matt, that's great. That's awesome. But how? How do we know this? And we can see this in our scripture as well. It is by knowing him. See, it, it says here that God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this, everything we need, by coming to know him. So it is in that place of intimacy, in that knowledge of God, in welcoming Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, into our lives that we are able to live a godly life, a life worth living, a radical life that displays God's goodness to the world. By knowing him, he also, and this is what's great about Scripture, is that it just keeps giving to us. So by knowing him, being in that place of intimacy, getting that radical life that God has for us, he also says this, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. So not only are we called into a radical life, but he promises things for our future. These are the promises that enable us to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So it it allows us to share in what God has. And God has everything. There's nothing that God doesn't have. He lacks nothing. But it also gives us the ability to put off our desires. See, a lot of times we think that we have good things going, but if we're not inviting God into our lives, if we're not inviting the Holy Spirit first, we really don't know what good is. And so by inviting the Holy Spirit, we're saying, okay, God, not my will, but yours be done. Not what I want, but what you want. And in that, he gives us promises over our lives. One of those promises I want to share with you, and this comes from Jesus' mouth himself, and we read this in Acts 1, verse 8. Listen to this great promise that Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Wow. You will receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what will that do? You'll be a witness telling people about me everywhere. Wow, what a promise we have. So, the power that we have when we invite the Holy Spirit... How do we do this? Why should we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives? And Pastor Matt sometimes has a tendency to to go a lot of places in his sermon. So I'm going to get us to the right place of eating quickly today. And I'm going to narrow it down. But I want you to know the four things. And you can study some of these on your own if you want to. But why should we invite the Holy Spirit? One, greater love for God. Two, greater victory over sin. Three, power for ministry, and four, receiving spiritual gifts. So why should we invite the Holy Spirit? Because we get a greater love for God. We have victory over sin. We have power for ministry, and we receive spiritual gifts. So for the purposes of today's sermon, to home in on this idea, invitation that we were talking about, we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit's ability to give us power for ministry. See, ministry is simply serving others. Ministry is is giving of ourselves that others might receive something. 
Ministry is being able to give up our own desires and seek the deepest desire of others. And whether we know it or not, however far from God we are, however close from God we are, we need God all the same. And so our greatest desire should be for that of more intimacy with God, more power of the Spirit. And so when we're inviting people into God's kingdom, when we're inviting them to taste and see, it is simply this understanding that we are ministering to them. Whatever their needs might be, we're trying to give them that, that they might be able to see the cross of Christ, that they might be able to receive the power of God, and that they might be able to invite the Holy Spirit into their lives as well. When this movement called the church first started, there were threats from the government. And even Jewish religious leaders told Christians who professed the resurrections of of Christ to stop. They were telling those who were professing Christ's resurrection to cut it out because they were afraid of what that message might deliver. Some of these Christians faced being killed for simply inviting others to know Jesus. See, in our context today, where we live, we might not be under threat of imprisonment or death for inviting others to respond to the gospel. However, our fears, no matter what they are, might hinder our willingness to invite others to our tables or to worship with us. We might fear that they would be pushed away through that invitation more than invited in. But we need to do something in those moments that we have that fear. See, we need to invite the Holy Spirit so that we are given the boldness and courage to invite others to the good news that God has for them. Charles Spurgeon was a, uh, a preacher back in the 1800s. Uh, if you want to read some really good preachings, uh, Charles Spurgeon's your guy. He made a statement about fear and about what it is life like without the Holy Spirit. And it says this, Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fire. We are useless. So without the Spirit of God, Charles Spurgeon is saying, and I would believe this as well, we're useless. See, the Spirit brings us life. It brings us the ability. It brings us power. It brings us everything we need to be able to live a godly life and to do the things that God has called for us to do. We are in need of the Holy Spirit, for it is by the Spirit that we are able to serve others. It is only with the Spirit that we are guided to do the things God has for us to do. In and through the Holy Spirit, that power is added to our invitation. So when we invite others, when we invite the Holy Spirit before we do that, we're able to then put that power that God has for us into our invitation. And so not only is it a common invitation, but it's something much more. See, when we became followers of Christ, we received Christ by faith. We live by faith. Everything we receive from God from the moment of our spiritual birth until we die is by faith. So the question is, is do we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? See, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit even right now. You do not have to beg God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You do not have to barter with him by fasting or by weeping or begging or by pleading. See, for a long time in my own life, I thought that the way to get more of God was to grovel at God's feet. 
to just be one of those people that say, okay, God, I, I messed up. God, I, I need you. Uh, Lord, what, what can I do to, to, to get back in your grace? Lord, what, what can I do? Lord, I want more of you. Lord, Lord, oh, please, God, oh, please. And that was the kind of Christian that I was. But then I was reading Scripture one day, and I discovered this understanding is that the just shall live by faith. And see, faith is, is putting in to motion our belief. It is jumping out of the airplane. It is putting full trust in that God has got us. And so it isn't groveling at God's feet that I needed to do. It was simply inviting the Holy Spirit in and taking those steps toward the other person, toward those things that, would, that God would have for me to do. So let me illustrate this point with a common understanding of sometimes what we do. Suppose that you want to cash a check for $100. Would you go to the bank where you have several thousand dollars on deposit, place the check on the counter, get down on your knees and beg the teller, oh, please, Miss or Mr. Teller, please give me my money. Would you do that? How many times have you done that? None. No one puts a check out and goes, oh, please. No. We walk into the bank with confidence, hopefully, knowing that we have put a lot into the bank account. Now, this, this, again, is one of those times where I could go off preaching a lot, but I'm not going to. But in God, we have a great, great bank account. Let's just put that out there. We put that check on the, on the counter, and we expect the person to get, look at the check, make sure it's real, do all the things that they need to do. But what do we expect? Money, right? We don't sit there and just oh, please, no. We confidently put it, we get our business done, and we walk our happy selves out of there, right? Hopefully $100 more to our taking. So the, the take home is this. I want you guys to, to understand this, that before you invite your neighbor to dinner or even to church, try this. Stop. Take a moment. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life. There are so many times that we get so busy in our lives that we miss the opportunity of being still. Even Pastor Brad this morning giving us a moment just to pause. Isn't it beautiful to be in a place with a, a, a quite a few people and it just to be quiet? You know you got the power of the people around you, but everybody's kind of still trying to do the same thing, listen to the Lord. Well, that can happen in our lives, right? Every moment is a moment that that can happen. And it's simply us taking the moment to say stop and inviting the Holy Spirit to come in. And so I want to make it as simple as possible, and I want to use me as an example, is when I go into the grocery store, and this has just become a habit of mine, I'm not more holy than anybody or anything else like that, it's just a habit. It's something that I started when I was about 15 years of age, when I, when I first really encountered the, the Holy Spirit in my life. And it goes like this, I'll walk up to Kroger or to... Winn-Dixie, if that's your thing, or Publix, or wherever uh, that people might go. And I say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Show me where I need to be. If there's somebody in this place that needs you, lead me to that person. And I go about my business. There are some times in that moment that God sits there and says, hey, Matt, aisle four. I'll be honest, it happens. And I'll go to aisle four, and sometimes there's people there. Other times there's not. 
but I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to go look down aisle four. And I've gotten to understand the way God works, is that sometimes if there's nobody there, I just need to stand there until that first person comes. And I simply go up to him and I say, you know what, I don't know your name, I don't really know who you are, but I feel like God wanted me to ask if there's anything I could pray for you for. It's, it's exhausting sometimes. Sometimes it's scary. But in those moments, I'll tell you, throughout my life, God has used those moments in mighty ways. And God has opened up people's hearts to him in the middle of aisle four of Kroger. And I guarantee you, by simply just asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, come. It's a very simple prayer. He'll do it. He'll open us up. And it's worth every moment of what God has for us. So the great power of our invitation is backed up by God himself. See, there is no greater bank than God's bank. When we're cashing these checks, when we're saying, Holy Spirit, come, and when we put our feet to movement, we're encouraging ourselves, and we're allowing the encouragement of God to come into our lives. See, in this check that we cash, it's backed up by God's bank, and there's nothing more assured than God's bank. So my encouragement for us today is to realize the power we have inside when we invite the Holy Spirit to use us in our ministries. And all of us have ministry. All of us have places that we can serve others. When we invite others to the table or our neighbors to church, we're not drawing on our own account, but we're writing a check that draws from the bank of God. See, we, we invite the Holy Spirit. We're cashing in on the Spirit's power of influence and of invitation. And that is a mighty power. Our invitation to our neighbor becomes supernatural in its power when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. Remember that we do not need to be afraid. Never are we alone. In the moment of writing that check, we have to understand that God gives us everything we need for that moment. And we draw on what God has. So like Corey Ten Boom, I encourage us to buy the ticket, to write our checks, and to know that by faith, we draw from the account of the Holy Spirit. It is by inviting the Spirit that we will truly reach, feed, and release ourselves and others to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we say thank you for this day. We say thank you for your goodness and your grace. We say thank you for your great invitation the power that you have for us, Father, is immeasurable. God, we ask for your comfort, for your peace, for your love. God, we ask that in the moments that we are afraid, that you would turn our fear into a great invitation. Inviting us to enjoy your power. Inviting us to enjoy your grace. Inviting us to enjoy the things that you have prepared for us. God, so now, in this moment, we reflect on your goodness. We pause before you. And Holy Spirit, we invite you in. Let this be a moment that changes our lives forever. Let this be a moment that we embrace your goodness. Lord, we trust you. Holy Spirit, come. Amen.